I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm going to take the money out, and I'm going to put it back on the ground, and I'm going to keep it moving. And you know what that dude said? We got to draft him mm-hmm. because he's honest, and he tells the truth mm-hmm. about what he would do, opposed to they knew my person. They knew they had everything already in their back pocket. They was waiting for me to say, well, I'm going to call Dave and give it back to him. They already knew that was phony baloney. Mm. They knew I was going to take the money, put it in my pocket, throw it, and keep it moving. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast. After a little week off, it is actual, uh, this is this is the time of the year we're waiting for. Combine is coming up this weekend. Uh, senior Bowls in the rearview mirror. So things start speeding up even crazier now. Once the Combine's done, we're getting ready for the draft. We should have some. NFL trade action, free agency, following all that other stuff. So this is always a pretty exciting time of the year. Walk, how are you? And where are we going to get started today? Yeah, Johnny, we uh, we had to take a week off last week. The best part about our recording trade, we just went through 20-some-odd minutes of free roll, whatever whatever the you know the actual podcast guys call it, where we, we have the video on the entire time talking to each other, and then we cut it off. As soon as we actually start to do the thing we're here to do, um, it's for efficiency purposes, make sure it records well. But I just always appreciate um, that uh, that that's kind of our, our process. But um, yeah, combine week, it's crazy um, that it seemed like it was so far away when we first did the the rookie, the pre-combine rankings and senior bowl flew by and then we had the down week and now it's combine week and a bunch of information is popping up like, Jane Daniels isn't going to run or throw. Caleb Williams isn't going to throw. Marvin Harrison isn't going to participate at all. Like he'll be, like in anything other than like the the interview portion. Like he's not doing any work. He's not even like working out at like these combine facilities because he's not doing any of the testing. So like all these other guys that are trying to learn how to run fast out of a three point stance type shit. Like Marvin Harrison's like, no, I'm just like practicing football, like so that I can play football. I'm not, I'm not going to spend two months trying to worry about how to cut a fifth of a tenth of a second, you know, or <laughs> off of my 40 time. So you're just going to have to trust the tape uh, on that one. So I always find it interesting, the guys that do opt out. And I understand why, right? They have nothing to gain and only things to lose, right? If Jaden Daniels doesn't run as fast as people think, they'll be like, oh, that's a knock. If either of those two don't throw as well as people think, that's obviously not good. If they throw great, and Jane Daniels runs like the wind. Teams are just going to go, okay, well, that, that makes sense. We just saw that happen all last year, right? So, and then like Marvin Harrison Jr., like, I already saw they're like, he's not going to test. He wouldn't test as athletically as Malik Neighbors. So what does he have to gain? And I was like, yeah, again, that makes sense. He's not as athletic as Malik Neighbors, right? So all he could do is hurt himself if he actually participated. But I still hate it, right? I want the testing. You know, you and I like the yeah. testing metrics. We actually like the on-field drills. Right. Uh, you know, of actually seeing these guys in action, like going through the gauntlet and everything like we like the combine. I think we value uh, the, the combine of seeing all these guys in a neutral environment. Right. And and seeing how they seeing how they produce. It's like, you know, it's, it's how competitive. Right. Like, these guys don't have to do it. It's not it's not going to hurt Marvin Harrison. He's still going top five. I mean, most people assume. But I, w- I want the guys that want to compete. Right? Like. To, again, totally understand why they don't, but I want the ones that want to compete. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't uh, Jamar Chase come out and do everything? He was like locked and loaded, the wide receiver one in his class, and he still did everything at the combine. 
Yeah, it's just the, the last point of reference I had. Now, he also didn't play his junior year or whatever year it was because of COVID. So yeah. maybe that was to get back on people's radar, but yeah. he 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 played he he participated and he crushed it uh, at the combine. So I don't know. There's just there's a little too, bit of disappointment, I would say. I was a little, was a little disappointed starting to see all these opt outs. Yeah, and I think um, when one of them is planning on jumping ship, they probably know that they're not going to test well in something. So yeah, why why go put up? You know, I mean, Metcalf Metcalf knew he wasn't going to run a great three cone, and his was terrible. It, it didn't seem to ding him on you know in the draft or anything. But maybe Harrison knows he's a tick slower than he'd like to be, so he's like, "Fuck it, I just won't go." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, and- yeah, from a business perspective, I get it, right? If there's literally nothing oh, yeah. to gain and you don't have to, who the fuck would, right? I mean. Just think about an interview like, oh, if all I can do is not get the job if I interview purely, but I'm going to get the job if I don't interview at all. Huh. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you day one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, tell me where I'm working. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, I mean, it's unfortunate, right? Because especially with the class of, of quarterbacks, like, trying to see them all throw. But, you know, even without those guys participating, you know, we, we assume May is going to throw. Mark McCarthy is going to throw. And then all the senior bowl guys. We're all going to throw, so there's still going to be it's going to be decent uh, quarterback day. Um, and as deep as this wide receiver class is, we're still going to have a hell of a wide receiver day, even without you know kind of the the bell of the ball, you know, participating. Running backs don't get that luxury; they have to do everything, right? They they these guys are scratching and clawing. I don't I don't envision anyone opting out of anything, you know, from the running back position because they 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 need to show athleticism. Like they they can't just expect you know big NFL to to know everything about them and and want to invest even a day three pick in them if they don't see you know upper end athleticism pass catching chops things like that especially for guys that you know weren't pass catchers in college it, it is amazing just how like no good no matter how good you are as a running back you don't have the luxury of or I'm sorry as a wide receiver no I said it right no matter how good of a running back you are you don't have the luxury of doing the Marvin Harrison thing. It, it, it is weird. Like it, they get the shitty contracts. They have to go out there and <laughs> exercise yeah. their balls up. It is bizarre to just see it happen every year. Well, listen, they say they, dads don't let your kids grow up to be running backs. All right. I mean, it's just, it's the most devalued position in the league for obvious reasons. Right. And yeah, and they don't, they don't, uh, you know, they don't want to participate. The NFL's like, you're a new, you're a UDFA now. Okay. You were you were a third round pick to begin a third a day three pick to begin with. Now you're UDFA. Yeah, congratulations. Now you're scratching and clawing just to stay on the bottom of a roster where you have no draft capital. Yeah, so it's it sucks, you know. But uh, it's also a position we uh, we love in fantasy. So there's going to be a, an interesting amount of guys to talk about here. So we uh, we haven't spoke since the the Senior Bowl, right? Do do we speak since the Senior Bowl? Was that was the pre combine? We didn't, we didn't talk about it. Oh uh, yeah, because we did the we had the measurements, right? That's what we were speaking of. So that was yes. the week of. So we didn't speak about the game. Um, anything about the game that interests you? <laughs> uh, what was it? Final like sixteen to seven. So not not a sure. ton of scoring, but I mean, obviously, teams run plays, so there is offensive action. You know, the thing that 
I just I watched some of it last night and I rewatched the whole thing this morning. The thing that stood out to me, and I read a lot of the reports from the week of the senior bowl and all the stuff that came along with that. So the kid out of North Carolina, Tez Walker, Walker. who I liked a lot coming into this. And then you hear about the drops and he only dropped three balls all year. Then he, I thought, and he got appeared to me, he got a shit ton of targets. I didn't look at the box score, but they seemed to pepper him quite a bit. And he just wasn't coming down with it. Now, whether it's, him catching or defensive players, you know, getting in the path or, or breaking up the play. I don't know, but he's, you know, coming out of the ACC, it's not like he's getting NFL caliber corners week in and week out down there. Right. So he gets to this all-star senior all-star game against corners. Some of which, most of which are probably headed to the NFL and he didn't look that good. So, I mean, he's, he's he's only going to face better competition from here on out. Now, was it the DBs, you know, putting the pressure on him that was making him have the dropsies all week? I don't know. I didn't watch enough to see exactly what his problem was. But it was enough to give me some pause where someone who I had as wide receiver 11 coming in, he's definitely out of my top 12 now, and I'm not really sure where he's going to fall. Curious to see how he tests. Could have been nerves. Could have been all sorts of shit. But, yeah, seeing him run like the gauntlet drill and some of these other things at the combine is going to help me get a better idea. But that was my biggest takeaway was, ugh, I don't think I like this guy as much as I did. Yeah, but, I mean, listen, I went and put some fancy up and down arrows on our Google. Oh, you got to show me how to do that, uh, by the way. You know, the first <laughs> Ah, you just copy them, you know, put them where you want them at this point. Um, it was an insert. So, yeah, he was the first one that got red arrowed for me. Um, I had him at seven. He will no longer. It, it's not going to take the combine for me to drop him. Um, he looked terrible. You know, uh, all reports were that the whole week of practice was terrible for him. Um, and then he didn't perform in the game either. Um I was pretty optimistic about the guy. I mean, I, I didn't think he was a complete receiver, but I thought he was really good you know, at actually getting down the field and getting the ball. Um, and he was fast, and I just saw so many issues, um, raised so many red flags for me with Tez Walker, unfortunately, that not only did several guys you know, move above him, but he also dropped. So it's just like, double-edged sword with him of it's not like he just got passed by guys I thought were better I thought he did poorly as well so it's not like two guys just move above him no two guys move above him then he moves below two other guys type thing like he's Mm -hmm. pretty comfortably outside my top he's definitely outside my top 10 now I'm gonna have a hard time keeping him inside my top 12 um yeah that's where I'm at when it when it's all said and done so that was that was unfortunate with him I, I didn't think there was really any true stand Outs. I mean, as far as the quarterbacks were concerned, you know, Spencer Rattler was the MVP, and Spencer Rattler also like largely had the best week there as well. Um, I'm starting to Spencer Rattler starting to grow on me. I mean, from a kid that was like once heralded as like a Patrick Mahomes type, you know, you know stepping on to uh, Oklahoma, you know, in his, his freshman season as a Sooner before he got his job taken by Caleb Williams, who was the unquestionable one one in this draft. And then things kind of went sideways for him for a while. And he 
had a little rocky road at, at SC, um, South Carolina, but um, seems more mature to kids. You know, exciting kind of tactical type scrambler. He, he kind of reminds me almost <laughs> a little bit of like a Johnny Manziel type. Um, <laughs> not as crazy <laughs> as Johnny Manziel, but with that build and you know type, like he and he's got the arm um, as well. I I'm growing on Rattler. Meanwhile, like the other guys that participated, like Bo Nix was terrible. Um, Penix didn't impress. I wasn't, haven't been high on Penix to begin with. Didn't even play. Like, Rat. He practiced. Yeah, I'm just talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like even the week of practice wasn't impressive. Like asshole. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. They said it was know, bad. The, Everything said he was terrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that that's what I was evaluating. Like he, I guess he just knew couldn't get any worse. And he's gonna probably look good at the combine. That's the distilled type environment of him just sitting back throwing the ball. Like that's where. He should probably impress. I just don't like any other parts of his game. I think he's totally immobile at this point, and he's he's going to get destroyed in the NFL um, unless he has, you know, these you know the cleanest pockets known to man. Um, sure. He's going to struggle. So he's a guy that you know our pre combine. I had Penix above Rattler. I, not anymore. Um, Penix it's is a guy I'm not going to have. I'm not going to have any of. Like literally, no. <laughs> I'm not going to have any Michael Penix. Um, I'm going to have him solo. What if he were to go somewhere where he's kind of in line, let's say the Raiders, where if he can beat out Aiden O'Connell, does that move him anywhere for you or you're still not interested? Um, quarterback's always a tough one, right? Because draft capital and opportunity do matter um, as far as you know, true opportunity to to get on the field. So it, it would have to factor in. I'm just not a fan of the player. Um, and I'm definitely not a fan of the fantasy player. So things would still have to, he would have to fall into my lap even with that, because I don't see the Raiders taking him in round one. So now we're talking about the Ra- Raiders in round two, you know, mid round two, I'm just like, Oh, that's kind of, you know, that's how I felt about him that he was a, you know, and up, you know, at that point, they're probably like, hey, we, we'll take the shot here with him. I don't believe, whether he is or not, I don't believe he's a first-round talent at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Nix is either. I, I, if, but, you know, could they get drafted in the first round? Sure. I'm not, I'm not yeah. an NFL scout. I don't make these decisions. I wouldn't take anyone outside the top four at any point in the first round, personally. I don't think they're first-round caliber quarterbacks, but there's a, there's a thirst for the position. So I get it. If one of them or two of them even somehow sneak into the first round or the top of round two, it won't surprise me. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, Penix isn't going to get away with the shit he did at Washington, you know, with, you know, three NFL caliber wide receivers at his disposal yeah. and that, and that type of offense. Right. And he doesn't run, he can't run. So I'm just not, I'm not interested in, you know, a quarterback that probably maxes, even if they say Raiders take him in round one and he like is a five-year starter, he maxes out as like the 20th best quarterback. Is do you like him I'm, right now today? Do you like him better or worse than Bryce Young? Hmm. <laughs> hey, listen, Bryce Young shouldn't run, but at least Bryce Young can run. So yeah, I would, I would say Bryce Young over him. But, that, I mean, that was my point. There's not even, you know, there's enough to think about where you don't immediately go, oh, last year's number one. You go, oh, fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, the sad reality, John, right, is we we were already right about that. We're like, yeah, this guy's too low. It, it's not going to work. Like, this is a bad idea. 
CJ Stroud should have been the first quarterback taken in a real NFL. And we had Bryce Young as a clear quarterback three in fantasy. And it's still the correct answer because Will Levis fell to the second round. And then there's no one else to discuss after that because sure. we're not going to get into like Aiden O'Connell or these guys. They don't have staying power. So, you know, we, we were right then. So let's, so let's try and do it again this year. But, you know, other than that, I don't think there was really a ton of takeaways um, from the senior bowl of any consequences. It's obviously a lot more, you know, kind of the week of driven where, you know, you got, like you said, Penix didn't even play for negative reasons, but then you get like a Roman Wilson who didn't, who he left because he, he did everything he needed to do. So at a certain point, you're like, Oh, it's, it's not going to get any better than this. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm not going to play in the game. I'm not going to risk getting hurt. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of here. Right. So there's, there was some guys that really impressed uh, while they were there as well, but, you know, from a from a stat perspective, I think the the game was largely forgettable. Um, but yeah. the reason we're here today is, you know, before we get these, you know, drool worthy kind of combine numbers from from these guys and the Raz scores and all that other shit that we're going to talk oh, about for the next wait. what two months <laughs> before the NFL, yeah, before the NFL draft. Um, you know, we wanted to talk about some guys that you know the, in the process, right? This is. You know, both of us play in Debbie, right? So we're not totally ignorant to these rookies, but we're not like Debbie diehards like some other guys, right? So we 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 really start pouring into draft the you know draft eligible prospects, you know, around the NFL postseason, and then at this point in time, so we're getting more comfortable with the players, you know, doing some film eval and, and diving into them a little bit more than kind of our first blush. So we thought, why not kind of get on the mic and talk about some guys that. uh We've did a little bit more film on some guys we think are you know potentially the most handsome guys in the <laughs> the, the league um, or in the draft, and then do a quick little two round mock draft to see kind of where both of us sit from a uh, for, from a value perspective before these guys have draft capital and landing spots associated with them. So why don't you lead us out? Now this is this is really your time to shine, John. This is where John Debari does his homework. <laughs> so on I. These I guys. I did have one quick question for you. Obviously, it's a podcast. No one else can see this. On the quarterback sheet, I have a group of quarterbacks highlighted in uh, gray there. And and both of us, sounds like we have Spencer Rattler at QB5 now. So we're going to admit him. So Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Joe Milton, Jordan Travis, Michael Pratt, Spencer Rattler. We'll throw Sam Hartman in there. Would you rather have Hendon Hooker we know he's in Detroit. Maybe we'll eventually get that job from Goff or any of those guys. I was curious where you had Hooker mixed in from last year with this year's class. And we'll include the knowledge we have now, knowing he's in Detroit and could potentially be the starter there in 2025. Interesting. I don't know whether you just wanted to say the name Hooker several times um, in, in this podcast or <laughs> like where, where <laughs> that, that line of demarcation came. So listen, uh, so I wanted to look up that's, you know, for that background audio you just got. So Hendon Hooker was uh, pick five of the third round of, of last year's draft. Um, got injured uh, at the end of the season. Right. So fell to the Detroit Lions. My response to that is I, the NFL told me what I needed to know about Hendon Hooker, you know, which also kind of, ironically enough, kind of speaks to how unsuccessful uh, Joe Milton was in largely that same offense. 
ironically enough, I would take Joe Milton over Hendon Hooker. Really? Purely, purely because of traits. Yeah, purely. Purely, this dude is 6'5", 244, runs. You know, they, they literally are comparing him like the runner to Cam Newton and literally the thrower to like Josh Allen. I mean, that's literally that's where we're at with this guy. Now, you early Cam or early Josh Allen where you were like, this dude couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a football type thing. That is Joe Milton. Joe Milton is one of the, the worst th- like actual accuracy throwers of the football <laughs> that there is. But the dude can literally launch it 80 yards in the air. Uh, he has an absolute cannon for an arm. If someone can develop him, he could break fantasy. Now, will it happen? No, absolutely not. But that just goes to show you how much I don't believe that and then Hooker is going to happen either. After that, maybe Bo Nix, but not any of those other guys. I would, I would, I would take the upside of you know where Hendon Hooker is now and what uh, Jared Goff's contract is over P- Penix, over Travis, who's coming off an injury and is undersized, over Pratt, yeah, over you know, over most handsome Sam Hartman, yeah, over over all those. Yeah. Guys. So yeah, I would put Hooker <laughs> sixth in this group, right behind Rattler at five for me. And then the okay. obvious top four everyone has. I feel like you were higher on Hooker last year than I was as well. I, well, I certainly was. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he only fell because of the injury. I, I'm very – I, I think he would have been in the first-round conversation hmm. a year ago had he not – what do you fuck up? His ACL? Yeah, who knows? Better than his yeah. – I don't want it to be the Achilles, but the ATL, I think, is fine. The Achilles, to me, is still a potential death sentence. But, yeah, so he was just a guy that I thought was kind of fringy from a year ago with some upside, and then you mix him in with this group of meh. But then you wonder, like, not not going too Uh, far. So it was his his ACL. Okay. I wonder, like, a guy like Carter Bradley, if he goes – pick random team insert whoever goes in the sixth round if he could end up doing you know an Aiden O'Connell where he's starting for someone for half the year and a year from now you're like could Carter Bradley be the answer but the, you know the, unfortunately the answer is no for anybody unless <laughs> they come out like a maniac like Russell Wilson or, or or Brady or the handful of guys that pop from you know Tony Romo these guys that do from time to time appear but the odds are obviously not in your favor at all. But yeah, I mean, listen, it's great you bring up Carter Bradley, who who's been in college for six years at, at this point in time, and it wasn't until year five I, that he did anything of significance. Um, I think they call those doctors, right? And that the that what they call people go to school for that long period well, of time. Oh, yeah. Not not what we were intentionally getting on topic here, but. I cannot wait for these COVID years to just get out of the system. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like these guys yeah. are how many seventh year, eighth year seniors is like, oh, this is a big pain in the ass to even figure out what this all means. You're like, oh, he gets one medical red shirt to COVID year. Everybody got a waiver. You're like, you're, you're 28 already. Cause you did a Mormon mission and like, fuck, it's just, Get get these years off the books. It's a disaster. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, right? Jaden Daniels, five years. Um, Michael Penix was, is he six years too? Hartman six. Too. It's Hartman, Hartman six. Phoenix is six. Sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, Phoenix is six. It's and insane. Then Bo Nix is, is at least five. Right? I mean, we have like at least super, super, yeah, three at Auburn five. and three yeah. at Oregon. Okay, yeah. So Phoenix is six. So is this dude Carter Bradley? Hartman may be 10 at this point in time. Um, he, <laughs> That's he's right. He's so like an NFL he's a pension. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a grown, grown ass man. man. He's a man, man. Yeah. He's yeah. almost 30. <laughs> and there's so many people, like, it seems like they don't factor, like, that age into, like, their success in college. I'm like, listen, these in some of these cases, these are 23-year-old men, like, playing against 18-year-olds. Yeah. Like, that does matter. Six years it, of experience against a guy really? who was you know playing I mean? high like, school. Yeah. A guy who played against. Yeah, it matters. The worst high school quarterback that happens to be in his conference a previous year ago. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's that's another thing where I'm just not that enamored after the top end of this class. I mean, the only you know super senior is Jaden Daniels, and and he has he he has the Konami code, right? I mean that's that, that that's undeniable. Other than that, we got early declares, which is what you want out of a quarterback. You don't want the quarterback that's been in college for five or six years. Like it's just not it's not appealing to me. They have they have less. I think they have less of a leash too in the NFL. Not that their contract's any different. I just think like they're probably like. Oh well, shit! If this guy hadn't figured it out by now, like they get him in camp, they're like, "All right, well, he, he's not. He starts as a third string, and he's never the backup, right? You know, he just never elevates because they're like, oh, well, what what we thought this guy was is exactly what he is. Like, <laughs> there's, there's no more growth. So, I don't know. This is uh, not. There's not going to be much change as far as the quarterbacks are concerned um, for me. Um, I can't. We already had JJ McCarthy up at four. Um, I, I don't think he's, you know, regardless of how much he's getting steamed up in the draft, I don't think he's going above. He's getting the top three with the other guys I have there. Um, I could Williams put him ahead much. Drake May. <laughs> if Drake May falls, I can see it too, but I still like Drake May. I mean, I feel like I think I'm like putting Daniels at two already. There. <laughs> I get it. You know, and you did that early in the Anthony Richardson process as well. And that's. Now that's the correct decision. Where this is, we're we're evaluating for fantasy football. We're not trying to figure out who's going to be the best quarterback for our, you know, real life NFL yeah. team at the end of the day. So I get it. Um, I could see Daniels moving up in my top three, but I still would be hard pressed to get McCarthy above May. So, and I don't know that McCarthy McCarthy can pass Jaden Daniels given what we you know we know Jaden Daniels is. Yeah. Um, so I think quarterback's been kind of pretty well well walked over at this point in time. So we. Want to uh, talk about any of these running backs that have? Uh, run- no, I was actually thinking we could do the two. We could do the two round mock here, kind of get a feeling if somebody moved up or down a little bit, and then that steers us into the running backs. So I think are going to fall a bit in these early drafts, but once we get uh, landing spots and draft capital and some combine numbers, I think we're going to see them squeeze back into the back end of that first round, and then. Uh, yeah, I think go from there. So I, on our little sheet here, I put a little uh, mock board. Yeah, you can like see anything. for us. You just did there. That was terrible. What's that? You were bothering me the whole time you were doing it. Just so you know. You were bothering me the whole time you were writing those numbers. Oh, when I, I was filling in. Sorry. My apologies. <laughs> but yeah. So um, sorry. Listen, we're going to go to sheet. We'll go to sheet number seven. I just did a quick. Let's. Put the guys uh, on sheet seven so you don't mess up our our QB page. All right. All so right. I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to take it easy on you. I'm going to give you the odd numbers. 
So we'll just go back and forth through 24 picks. So, all right. So super flex will go tight end premium to add a little value there. So first pick, and, and I've got the first pick in a couple spots. I'm going to have to go with uh pretty easy here. Caleb Williams, even though I hate the bears landing spot, I'm not sold on the player. It's him or Marvin Harrison to me at this spot. And it is a super flex world. It would be silly for me to go wide receiver, especially one neighbors. I think is a lot closer to Harrison than most. Give me the all world QB one in this class. Yeah. And I hate uh, it okay. by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I know you do, but I, I don't disagree with you. Like you and I had talked previously about it. I, I'm in a one particular rebuild where I have one in three and I was trying to like, what's my best strategy for doing this? And I thought I said to you, like, I'm going to dra- I'm going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Because then I'm going to get either Caleb Williams or Drake May, who were my one and two at quarterback at pick three. And then it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, but Caleb Williams is my clear quarterback one in this draft. So if number two takes Marvin Harrison, then I, I could still one, I could take a double tap of quarterback or I can get Malik neighbors who is like the one B. So it's like, do I like Caleb Williams and Malik and Malik neighbors worst case, potentially still getting Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. Or do I like Marvin Harrison and the whatever quarterbacks left? You know, like a Drake Jane, May. Like, you know, let's say, you know, Jane Daniels, Drake May. Like, what what do I like more? And I think I'm now going back to well, I'm going to take Caleb Williams at one, and then see what happens if if you know if two goes quarterback, which is totally possible, then I can get Marvin Harrison. If he goes Marvin Harrison, well, then I you know that then I can determine one. I might hold the hold the pick for ransom, right? Because now there's still the, the quarterback two in the draft is still available at three. And maybe someone wants to move up a spot or two to get to him. And then if I can stay in like a top five and still end up with the, the third quarterback or the second wide receiver at five and pick up a little bit more, that might not be a bad idea. But saying all that to pontificate um, and on site, I kind of changed, you know, when you and I were just talking and I see you cut and pasted, which was so cool because it just appeared there. But I am going to go with Jane Daniels too. This is a fantasy. Ooh. You know, we're talking fantasy. Um I do have Drake May retire right now, um, but I think by the time this is all said and done, that Jaden Daniels, given his rushing upside um, and, and the way he's getting steamed up, is probably going to end up being my my uh, quarterback two in the draft. So I'm uh, I'm going to lean into the super flex thing as well, and I'm going to hand you, you know the you know the wide receiver one at pick three. Yeah, <laughs> you knew you knew exactly where this was coming. No brainer mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. You're not going with uh, QB three here when that guy's still on the board. So Marvin Harrison at three. Yeah. And now we hit like an interesting pivot point, but I'm going to go with my wide receiver one B right now at four. And I'm going to actually take Malik neighbors over Drake may at pick four. So now, now I, I like it. And now you start going, Hmm, where, where are you going to go next? Super flex. I'm st- Drake May. I'm I'm falling into the trap. Everyone else is not super convinced. I'm going to keep going. Uh, wide receiver train here. Rome Adunze, who uh, on my ranking sheet is not my wide receiver three. He is my four, but he is my my. Keon Coleman has fallen out of my top four. Adunze mm-hmm. really solidifies this. Uh, Top three for me now. I, I think they're all pretty damn good prospects. Gotcha. I thought for sure you were going to take Drake May 
and I'm just going to lean mm. into the tight end premium aspect of things. I, I have learned time and time again that you should not be taking tight ends at the top of these rookie drafts. Um, but I think six is a good value for Brock Bowers um, in, in a tight end premium. So uh, I, I assumed you were, if you would have taken Drake May at five, I still would have taken, I'd take Brock Bowers over Roma Dunes. I personally, um, I'm, I'm conflicted on Adunze, so we'll we'll talk about him when we're done this draft. But you, I, you have to take, you know, who at seven, right? I mean, we have to stop this insanity. I mean, we're assuming, of course, he gets decent draft capital. I don't like this, but yeah, the, the value is too good. Drake may at seven. He's likely a top four yeah, pick. I mean, it's, and he made it to seven. It's crazy. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that train going because I think there's a clear top eight in this draft. I do think JJ McCarthy gets the capital. Mm. I think he's a at worst like mid. I think he's a mid first round pick. I think he goes in like the early teens. I think I honestly believe he goes before that. I think his floor is mid first. Someone's gonna believe in this kid. Um I, I think he has a lot of projectable traits. Um and there's no running back I'm taking here. I think there's a clear fall off in wide receiver here and there's no other tight end. So why not take, you know, a, a, a shot at a potential, you know, 10 year starting quarterback at the, at the one Oh eight. I didn't think you'd take him this early. I am now <laughs> sad. <laughs> I wish he fell a couple spots to me here. So now we're kind of right. Would you agree? This is in super flex. You said there's a clear top eight. Now it's decision-making time, right? Like after McCarthy, now you're kind of going preference, landing spot, position scarcity, all those other things factor in. I don't love any of the – I love some of the wide receivers here, but not at this point in the draft. I, I, my wide receiver rankings are in flux big time already. I think I'm going to have to – Crack the seal. I'm surprised one is going to go this early, but I'm taking Trey Benson, my RB1, first running back off the board at 109. Oh, whoa. Okay. I I thought you were going to make this decision easier for me, but you <laughs> shocked the world here uh, with Trey Benson, who I think looks like a clear first round caliber rookie running back, but uh, he's got some flaws here. There's a lot of warts uh, on this class, and he just he had every opportunity to like cement himself, especially after Travion Anderson, <clears throat> you know, kind of disappointed this year, was injured, and then ultimately went back to college. But Benson just did never really seem like he seized the the RB one you know moniker for for this season. So I was debating between two wide receivers, and I'm like, you talk about in flux. These two guys, I'm just like, oh, like which one is it? Because I don't think it's both. I, I just feel like one of these guys isn't going to hit. Um, and it's not the guy I currently have ranked higher. So this is another like great kind of exercise for us is to like, yeah, push comes to shove. Who am I taking? And I'm going with wide receiver and I'm going with Troy Franklin out of Oregon. He is super tall and super skinny, but he's also super fast and shifty. Um, you know, and, the other wide receiver is also a very tall individual, but I don't know. Um, they're they're literally button up against each other for me, and I just feel like Troy Franklin's game translates cleaner to like this new NFL uh, speed and space type game. Um, so I'm going to go Troy Franklin at ten. Uh, 
So I'm going to assume you're debating between him and Brian Thomas Jr., who would have been a smash here for me, except I took in far too much information in the last 24 hours, and all I could think of is the negatives. <laughs> I, just because we're pals and I like you, I'm going to double go RBRB <laughs> here. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, who uh, I believe also ACL injury, probably won't be ready this year. Most people have him as their RB1. I'm trying to play this out in my head and like a real rookie draft and how these things all shake out. And just because of positional scarcity, every year we see running backs just start flying up in rookie drafts because people need them. So thinking of how that's going to play out in real life, I got to squeeze some running backs in here. Yeah, I don't disagree. Jonathan Brooks is my RB1 right now. Um, I think that's good value for him. If you took the guy you didn't just leave me with, I'm probably taking Jonathan Brooks at 12. Um, I, I think it, had he not got injured, he'd easily be at like the Trey Benson sure. conversation. And, like right after that clear top eight, it's like, okay, well, you know, we need running backs. You know, is this the guy? So I, I don't disagree with you on that. I will take, you know, the, your friendship for granted and go with Brian Thomas as the last pick of the first round. Um, he looks like T Higgins to me, which I like, uh, I think there's, there's a projectability in his game as well. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm getting further and further away from those big, big bodied receivers, which is ironic, right? Marvin Harrison's the, the top receiver in this class. And that's not really so much big bodied anymore. It's like six to 200 type thing. I think, that's yeah. probably around where Brian Thomas is. Well, like Troy Franklin's like 180 pounds, like soaking wet at like six, three. So I don't know. It's just, he, his game doesn't look as, I mean, he's listed at six, five, 200, which ultimately would be skinny, but if he's six, five, well, I didn't, I didn't know he's that tall. <laughs> um, it's a little bit, you know, there, there's not, there's not a ton of those walking around in the NFL. Um, so like the player, uh, I mean, had a massive season. I mean, he had 17 touchdowns this year. You know, it's uh, hard to deny the kid. Um, he also is an early declare, which is great. You know, so he's probably going to get well, I, maybe first round, definitely round two draft capital um, by coming out. So he's going to get the capital. So he he was my wide receiver four. Um, he's probably my wide receiver five now behind Troy Franklin. So. I'll take him, um, especially given the fact that you kind of picked off two of my top three running backs. Out here sniping. Mm. So that that's round one in the books. We've or you, you didn't put your guy in yet. So Caleb Williams won. Jaden uh, Daniels oh, I did. I didn't click off of it, so I guess you don't see it. That's Marvin Harrison, time. Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, Brock Bowers, Drake May, JJ McCarthy, wrapping up the four QBs. Trey Benson, first running back afterward. Then uh, Troy Franklin, Jonathan Brooks, and Brian Thomas Jr. to conclude the first round. Um, I've been doing a ton of mocks for DLF. For the most part, that is pretty chalky. And what I've been seeing um, as far as the players, maybe shake them up a little bit in the order, but that seems to be what it be thus far. Um, So starting the second round, I am back on the clock and... Yeah, I'm in a spot here, and it's kind of where we go back to after that eighth pick. There's a lot of guys I like, and it's like, do you, do you want to be the guy who overdrafts somebody? You want to make sure you get 
your guy and all that stuff. Um, I am unfortunately against my better judgment going to keep this train of nonsense going. I'm going running back again with Blake Corum. Um, not the, I have Braylon Allen higher and I like Braylon Allen. And if it was 10 years ago, Braylon Allen's probably the top running back in this class. However, it is not 10 years ago. Uh, I got to see him, uh, catch a little more, do a little more, uh, what do you want to call it? Be a little more dynamic. What is required of players? So at the combine, he can solidify. I think I have him at two in my rankings, but um, Braylon Allen could be a big faller if I don't like what I see. But I, I, I like Corum. I think he, in the right landing spot, could be the RB1 in this class when we're looking back at it two years from now. Yeah, see, you are you got my trigger finger itchy at this point in time. You're just rapid firing running backs you know, right now. And it's like, oh. You know, how, how do I stay true to the fact that I don't see that the, the value outside of Jonathan Brooks personally? Um, and you're right. I mean, that happens. I mean, that's that's part of the fun of a mock. I mean, that's you get in a real draft. You go, fuck, if I don't get the guy here, I'm coming out of this with no running backs. Yeah, we, which is entirely possible, right? And then we also have to realize it's world work. We, we don't get to make every other pick, right? So you have to, sure. to be true to yourself. You know, in in these scenarios, so um, it's very close on a running back. There's a there's a fall in receiver, in my opinion, that I don't I wouldn't be taking a wide receiver right here because, and also I think there's too many of them, um, and it's too early um, for tight end. So what I'm going to do is probably not what I would do with the actual 14th pick in the draft, but assuming it's the third pick in the, sorry, the second pick in the second round. So I'm a bad team. I'm going to take Spencer Rattler. Mm. And did not see that coming. It but I like could it. be considered early. I think he goes on day two, um, whether it's round two or round three, I do think he gets day two capital. Um, listen, that was what you were saying about Hendon Hooker last year, you know, where he's just maybe a year away from an opportunity. I think he's going to sit for a year. Hopefully he goes somewhere where he can continue to develop. But I, I like the skills of the player and, and I like, you know, I, I like, I like quarterback upside opportunity in, uh, in super flex drafts. So that was, a, uh, I think he's the best value at that point. Okay making a pick here with the third pick of the second round that I officially don't like. I don't even know why I'm doing it. I think it is the tank Dell effect, but I'm going Xavier worthy. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, broke out as a freshman and it's kind of tapered off, but there was a lot more talent on this Texas team now than them. And, don't don't love it, but this is this is where we are in the draft. Yeah, uh, that was not. I kind of like this not knowing until you, you know, state it type thing because that's not who I thought you were going to go with. I thought you were going to continue the train. Um, I thought about it. So at this point, I'm going to go Braylon Allen at 16. The kid's 20 years old. She's like six something, 240 pounds, like. Big the dude is rocked to the nines. I mean, this kid like has like no body fat on him. He's young. He handled a heavy workload at Wisconsin. I don't like 
you know, the lack of pass game utility. And as much as they tried to force him to be a pass catcher this past year, I, I don't <laughs> didn't work. Um, one, it's not part of their game. Um, uh, as far as Wisconsin throwing it to their running backs, 28 receptions for 131 yards. He averaged less yards per reception than he did per carry this year. Um, and that's not something that should happen, especially, you know, when you, when you had what nine times, almost eight times the amount of carries as you did receptions. Um, but to be productive, I mean, as a freshman, this kid rushed for almost 1300 yards and 12 touchdowns, um, in, in the big 10, you know, so he's been productive Then another 1211 next year, consistent, you know, can shoulder the load, you know, they didn't overwhelm him though. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say that, um, never saw more than 230 touches in a season. Um, but. I do believe he's a two down back in the NFL. So he's got to score touchdowns to return value, but that's also why he was there at 16. All right. So pick one, two, three, four, five of the second round. This is a pure value pick for me. Like I've mentioned, I've been doing a ton of mocks lately. This guy has actually been the wide receiver four in multiple mocks I have been in. Lad McConkey, lots of people really like him. I kind of like him. Um, there's somebody who I love that's under him, but I know it's a value, and I can absolutely get him later, so I'm not going to pull the trigger on him here. But it seemed like a good value just knowing what um, what I've seen out there. He's, he's in most people's you know top tier below obviously those first three guys so lots of fans out there seemed like a pretty good pick here this late yeah hard to uh disagree i mean talk about someone that had a great uh senior bowl um this kid's been getting high praise you know top to bottom um and likely going to be an early day two pick mid day two or sorry round two pick in the NFL draft. I think that's as good value for him. Um, I'm going to dip myself back into the tight end well and mm. go with my clear tight end two and then a massive fall off. Jatavian Sanders University of Texas is again is a tight end premium. This is where I like to take stabs at tight ends in tight end premium. The the sixth pick didn't feel as good to me as the 18th pick with Jatavian Sanders did. Um, you know, a full round later for, for Jatavian Sanders as far as tight ends are concerned. But um, I'm going to lean into the tight end premium. I'm going to assume it's like a legit premium, like north of one and a half um, as far as premium is concerned. And I like the player. Um, it's a big athletic tight end. You know, caught a ton of passes at Texas, too, with guys like Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell um, to, to compete with touches for. So uh, I'm actually a big fan of Jatavian Sanders. All right. Somebody who I think, from from bits and pieces of conversation, that is growing on both of us, and then somebody gave me a comp yesterday, and now I'm now I'm ruined. You'll understand why I've, I'm going to be rocketing them up my board. So there's the clear top four running backs in this class. I don't think anybody disagrees with that group. Uh, that, then where it goes from there, I don't know. My current number five now with a rocket ship. Give me. Ray Davis. I am falling in love with him and the comp someone told me, and now I can't shake it. I don't even know if it's accurate. Somebody said he reminds them of our boy, Aaron Jones. And now I'm like, oh, I might fall in love with Ray Davis. You know what's funny? 
one <laughs> started his career at my alma mater uh temple um before moving around i think he played for three teams actually yes. before he finished his career temple vanderbilt and kentucky kentucky you know to finish his uh career he's he's super old um <laughs> and looks it. <laughs> yes oldest yeah, looking looks, guy in the draft pretty sure he looks every bit his age he was born in 99 there's not a lot of guys you can say that about um you know, in this draft so he'll be turning 25 this November. Um, it's funny because one, I thought you're going to take the guy I'm going to take now. And two, it's the irony is that I comped this guy to Aaron Jones. No. And I oh, don't no. think he's bubbled yet. Oh, but Jalen Wright will be inside my top five running backs by the time the combine is done. There's reports he's going to run into four threes. He's going to jump north of 40 inches. This dude's been clocked already. Like, like 22 23 miles per hour i think like the zebra technology like i witnessed firsthand and bust an 80 yarder up the gut of georgia um yeah in in the highlight moment for those tennessee volunteers before they got just boat raced the rest of the game i love Jalen wright i said i'm going to be higher on Jalen wright than anyone else i'm seeing his name all over the place and i don't like it because it's going to be harder and harder to get him he will not be at 20 by the time the NFL draft comes around, I believe Jalen Wright will be a first-round rookie pick by the time we hit dynasty draft season. Ooh, I like I like the craziness of it. Um, he in a third round of one of the mocks I was in, I didn't know I was on the clock. I uh, did not make a pick, so Ryan uh, McDowell had to make the pick for me. He put Jalen Wright in there, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" So I did a couple internet searches, and yes. Uh, walk you can see on my sheet he got one of my uh green upward arrows yeah i have him at 12 way too low it's probably going to be my rb6 right behind ray davis when all is said and done but the little bit i saw i'm kind of on board with you he can easily <laughs> become number five well listen you need to get there because i brought Jalen right to your attention months ago i i, I do rec- i knew yes after i saw the tennessee uniform i was like oh, i think this is the guy Walk had uh, sent mm. my way. Hey, most certainly, as this kid is special. special. All right. So now I am up twenty first overall pick. What is that? Two nine. I am taking Xavier Leggett from South yeah. Carolina. Liked what I saw at the Senior Bowl. There were some initial early reports were not great. Later reports were better. He looked good in the game. We're getting down with these guys that I, like I don't like Ad Mitchell anymore. I do like some of the other guys that are on the board. I, I'm surprised Mitchell's still there, but maybe we both don't like him. And Keon Coleman thus far is having an epic fall, but um, yeah, I just liked what I saw out of the Senior Bowl and ranking him among these other guys. You know, we're, we're starting to get to the point in the draft where you go, "Shit, I got a chance for this guy. If I miss it, I'll be pretty upset." So that is the direction I'm going. Yeah, this is a, and you're you, you got the cor- market cornered on Xavier's uh, at this point in time. Um, <laughs> kudos to you. We we both like the player. He's he's a unique skill set. Xavier Leggett. I'm actually super interested to see what the NFL thinks of him. I have two picks left, and I definitely have more than two guys I want to draft at this point in time, right? Because to your point, there's guys that are falling, and whether I like them or not, their value now 
you know, you mentioned a Donnie Mitchell, you know, he was a Georgia transfer. Didn't really do a lot of Georgia, but no receiver does a lot of Georgia. And then had a good season at Texas before Jaquel Aaron as a junior. I was a little bit surprised um, that he didn't go back to school. So did he get like, you know, a positive report from the NFL of saying, yeah, you're going to be around two pick um, that I don't know. And then Keon Coleman, he's, he's another one for me that I, see like contested catches throughout all of his highlights. And you just don't see them that often in the NFL anymore. It's about space, you know, yeah. space creation. So I, you can love the guy, right? I mean, he never had 700, never had 800 receiving yards in three years. He did have 11 touchdowns this last year, but his in Keon Coleman, I'm talking about for like this downfield speed contested catch guy. I mean, average 13 yards per reception. That doesn't seem that impressive. To me, um, so I'm just not I'm just not there with Keon Coleman, even though I had both of those guys higher than this guy before the Senior Bowl. <laughs> this is one of those shakeups that I'm talking about of where guys I can see in the NFL is the direction I'm going in more yeah. at this point in time. So, someone that I see translating pretty well into the NFL is Roman Wilson. Oh, I like University. it. I thought he was going to fall out. I was scared. Um, yeah, he, he, he wasn't going to get past 24 if he was at 22. I wasn't as high on Roman Wilson going in. Uh, Roman Wilson, just full disclosure, and that's why I, I'm glad that we're fluid. This process, he was wide receiver 17 for me um, at our pre-combine. So pre-senior bowl, everything else, just first blush uh, of these guys. And, you know, what he's he now went as, you know, I'm just you know, throw a dart, wide receiver eight, <laughs> wide receiver nine um, overall. So he's made a meteoric rise. He was one of my first green arrow up guys um, going in. He's jumped past, you know, the Jacob Cowens and the Malachi Corleys. He's actually jumped past Xavier Leggett for me. Um, you know, I was talking about Devontae Walker falling before, like Roman Wilson's a guy that's probably moving on top of him. So Roman Wilson's going to end up being in my top 10 wide receivers post combine, because I have to, I think his uh, speed scores, his change of direction all is going to be, and he's clearly straight line fast. Um, is going to be super impressive. All right, so for my final pick, I love that Roman Wilson pick. Um, there's a guy I got to pick. I'd, I would make myself sick without coming away with him. Uh, Malachi Corley, who I believe you're also a big fan of. Just a giant Corley fan. I have been taking him at the end of the second in a bunch of mocks I've been in. So I may be single-handedly driving up his ADP. Curious to see where he's been going in mocks. I have not participated in, but again, you know, like we say with everybody, planning about dependence, see the team he's on. But I, I, I love the player. I'm very excited about his potential. Little stocky fella running after the catch guy. I do like him. I'm, I can't wait to see what he does in the NFL. Yeah. Um I've already, and it didn't take me long to do this. I actually like Corley better than Leggett at this point um, in my process. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm a fan I'm, of Corley. I think it's another me. one where you start talking about get, does the game translate? Um, and I, I can see it with Corley in the way that these young, innovative head coaches are getting the ball in their playmakers' hands in space. And that's what you want to do with, with this kid. Um, he's the quintessential turns into a running back with mm -hmm. the ball in his hands type wide receiver um, and those can wreak havoc 
on these undersized defenses that are being deployed in the NFL these days where linebackers are now like 210, 220 pounds. Um, you know, that he might be the biggest guy in the secondary <laughs> um, <laughs> when it's all said and done. Yeah. So like the pick um, didn't change. There was a guy that, like you said, I have to say this guy's name before 24 picks through um, just because not only only what I saw about the player, but also what everyone else is saying about the player. So the, the last guy that we're going to take and pick 24 of this draft is Bucky Irving, the running back for the Oregon Ducks. This kid is undersized, but, you know, again, talking about what works in today's NFL, it's not as scary. We're seeing sub 200 pound backs just last year and Gibbs and uh, HNB extremely successful when being deployed. Now, he needs to run fast, right? He's listed at 5'10", 190. I don't think he's any bigger than that, right? So speed is going to be important for Bucky Irving, but what he is is a good, is a proven pass catcher, um, and he's electric with the ball in his hands. So getting someone like that who will never be a bell cow back, you know, at any point in his career, but is the kind of new age NFL running back, yeah, um, that's something that's extremely impressive to me. I mean, he had 56 receptions in that Ducks offense last year. I mean, that's just you know too too big to too big of a number to ignore. You know, and still found his way to 1180 yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. Now we're talking Pac-12, right? Like so, that's a do we take it all with a grain of salt? What's that? Uh, <laughs> the Pac-12 or Salt? Which one? <laughs> yeah, neither. Neither really exist anymore. Um, but I, you know, at 24, I like the player. Um, I, I think that's a value pick. You know, as for as much as I depressed the running backs, he's in your. He's your five. He's my six for running back. So he's pretty much a fringy top five running back at least early on for the two of us. Which just goes to show you where this class is, right? That I just got him at pick 24. I mean, the fifth running back is typically taken shit. I mean, within the top 15 picks, would you say? Like by third pick of the second round, we're through five running backs, like two or three go in the first round, then one or two in the first couple picks of the second. You know, that's that's kind of commonplace. Well, we just went through 24 picks to get there Um, because there's so many receivers and the running back classes literally going to be dependent on testing and draft capital, right? That is now more than ever, it's going to be landing spot, right? Like everyone talked about mm-hmm. how like a chan landed in the perfect spot and it hit, well, that's what's going to happen for some of these guys. I mean, their, their skill set is going to have to marry their opportunity and there's no guarantee that that's going to happen, you know, for, for any of these guys. So um, it will be interesting to see, um, you know, how this ends up, but we went through 24. So I'll do, you do, you do, you did round one. I'll do round two. So you kicked off round two with Blake Corum at pick 13. I shocked the world with Spencer Rattler at 14. Don't know if I would make that in a real pick. I mean, depending if he gets, if he gets round two draft capital, I probably would. I do. I do like the upside of the player. Then you went Xavier worthy, like to pick Xavier worthy. Hate you know, the pick. <laughs> okay, his stars falling a little bit. I felt like I was forced into taking Braylon Allen at 16 because, you know, I, I just hadn't taken a running back yet, and I was tired of you drafting them all. And the kid's young, you know, so I'll, I'll lean into production and youth for him, and he's freakishly large. I just don't think he's explosive. I don't think he's a crazy tackle breaker for as big as he is, and I just don't think he has pass game utility. So, like you said, 10 years ago, it, this guy would he'd be the 102 in, in a standard draft. But, you know, 20 years ago, he'd, he'd be first overall <laughs> type thing. Yeah. Like, 
but that's just not today's NFL. Um, so I, I think he's going to be limited and he's going to have to be the short yardage red zone guy in wherever he lands, you know, and find his way into double digit touchdowns. You went with Lad McConkey at 17. Love the pick. I took second tight end Jatavian Sanders at pick 18. You went with your now man crush, probably as old as you are, Ray Davis at pick 19. <laughs> I waited too long and said, can't wait anymore and took my man crush, Jalen Wright. At pick 20, you went with the second Xavier, Xavier Leggett at pick 21. I took senior bowl superstar and national champion Roman Wilson at pick 22. You went with our guy, Malachi Corley at 23, who we're both extremely fond of. And then I put a bow on the top 24 with running back Bucky Irving at the University of Oregon. Who would have been your next pick? Who's the first guy out? Oh, it's a good question. Thinking you might ask me that. Talk, talk about shock in the world. You know who I keep looking at? And guy, I'm going to plant my flag on this year. Fuck me. I, I'm i going to come away with a lot of Ricky Persall because I'm going to overdraft <laughs> the shit out of him. I love that guy. And yeah, I mean, I don't, he's been going in the fourth in a lot of the mocks I did, but I, I think he is picking up steam. And uh, I, yeah, he is someone I had to start getting off the board here. There, I, I, there's just enough question marks and stuff from other guys. I think in a, a draft that doesn't involve you and I, I think A.D. Mitchell's long gone. So if you want to play the value game, he probably should have already been gone and would be the next pick in most leagues. But that was a, my guy is Pearsall, and it's not particularly close, to be honest. I like it. You're right. A.D. Mitchell, it's just, you know, you're right. He's just on – name and production this last year in that Texas offense alone, he would have been gone. And he, he he was one of the guys that did stick out to me. I mean, he's listed as my wide receiver six. Um, and you took my wide receiver nine, 10, 11, 12 before I took my wide receiver 17. Right. So things can't change that much. Um, uh, Don, I Mitchell would have been probably my, my next guy off the board. Keon Coleman's another guy at this point. It's just the, the upside is there with him that I think, He's a guy that that you need to look at. And then the only real running back I would consider at that point in time, I think we've kind of picked over most of the guys that I'm really that you know interested in to any significant degree. The other one's Marshawn Lloyd. I do like Marshawn Lloyd um, out of USC. He's my running back five, um, which obviously is another thing I got to change because I drafted Jalen Wright and Bucky Irving over him. Um, so he's getting pushed down a little bit for me. But I still like the player. He had a really good senior bowl week. Um, as well, I don't think he was really used to his capabilities, to his potential um, in South Carolina or Southern California. Um, so I like that player as well. But you know, then after that, there's guys that I don't think should be drafted until round three. That you know, I'll be taking my flyers on that we'll discuss at a later time. But there's not a tight end that I think even scratches a no. conversation. Conversation. There's not a quarterback. Like I said, if I'm taking a flyer on a Joe Milton, it's like round four, yeah. <laughs> you know, in a super flex for, for a Joe Milton, but you know, Phoenix and Knicks probably are gone too. Um, neither of us took them, but you're talking in a super flex league. Um, well, 24 picks. They're probably gone. I mean, they're, I have to assume. I these guys do you are think so? I mean, the, the shine came, kind of came off both of them at that senior bowl week. I don't know. You know, talk to me. It's going to be interesting to see because like, I do believe they go. If by the end of round two, I, I think they're drafted both of them. Um, so 
someone's going to squint and see an opportunity. So through 24 picks, you know, I, I believe they will be gone, which will only push down some of the guys we drafted potentially. Um, running wide receiver is going to be interesting to say the least. And then, like I said, tight end. No, Theo Johnson's my next tight end at three and he wasn't even in consideration for me. Like he would be probably late round three. We're probably like, I went six, 18. So I'd probably be, you know, at, at pig, what is that? 30, <laughs> you know, by the time I'd be looking to take my tight end three and in, in Theo Johnson. So if you want to just have a little fun here to compare it with, one of the DLF um, Superflex mocks that went round one. Caleb Williams, Marvin Jr., uh, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, JJ McCarthy, Brock Bowers, and Roma Dunze. So same eight, right? Yep, just different order, which pretty much locked that in. Correct? I mean, I don't see anybody squeezing in there. Not at all. Then uh, no, those those doesn't matter how the draft goes. They are the top eight picks. They're, they yeah. can be shaken then, up, um, but they will be the top eight picks in fantasy. <laughs> uh, Blake Corm, Lad McConkey, uh, Brian Thomas, Jonathan Brooks close out the first. Then mm. the second, Troy Franklin, Keon Coleman with two hundred two, so he fell completely way down in ours. Xavier Worthy, Xavier Leggett, Trey Benson, Braylon Allen, Bo Nix, Malachi Corley, Penix went two hundred nine. Ray Davis, 210, A.D. Mitchell, 211, and Jatavion Sanders closing out the second. Okay, yeah, I mean, so both Keon Coleman and A.D. Mitchell went. Uh, Penix went instead of Rattler, so it's still just five quarterbacks um, that, that went in that draft and <clears throat> pushed out a, a couple of uh, of other guys. Um, yeah, yeah, Roman I mean, Wilson it, squeezed in, Bucky Irving fell out. Yeah, you're, I like your guy Ray Davis when I, I'm not there on Ray Davis. I mean, I, I liked him as, you know, I, I liked his college tape. I just, I just can't draft a 25 year old rookie running back. Do you this think it matters? Scenario. I mean, we have this conversation every year. He's only playing for fucking four years anyway. Who cares, right? Whether he comes in at 25 or last, tell me the last 25 year old running back that came into the league and did anything as a rookie. We, you're not factoring in the times are changing. <laughs> Stupid COVID year, NIL money. We're going to see a lot more, unfortunately, going to be a lot more 25 year old rookies than we would like to see. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, but it's, you know, and I get it. You know, COVID changed a lot, but this kid got opportunity at Temple as rookie year, didn't do anything special. I mean, just shy of it. You know, he had a thousand all purpose and he did have 10, but, you know, we're talking the American Conference and, Failed, obviously got injured, only played four games his second year, then didn't do anything at Vanderbilt in, in his first year. His second year, good. You know, Vanderbilt's a crappy team. Then he went to Kentucky and finally had a season where he put up 1,452 all-purpose and 21 touchdowns because somehow he caught seven touchdowns. That's what blew my lid off. I mean, he had 33 receptions for 323 yards and seven touchdowns um, when he only had five touchdowns receiving the other four years combined. And it looks like rough mass 61 receptions so he got he was he was heavily utilized um as a pass catcher and he was super productive with it so kudos to ray for beating up on those 18 year olds as a 24 year old running back at kentucky um, old man yeah right yeah yeah my man's coming in with a, a pure like a good old-fashioned hangover and just beating up on these kids yeah 
<laughs> necessary roughness days. You know, he had to work over the weekend. You know, he has, he has a job at night. You know, he's got he's got probably got kids to take care of. You know, this guy's he's an adult. Got a crazy story. I don't know how many kids he has, but you know about this guy. What do I, I, what do I know about? I believe he has fourteen brothers and sisters, and jeez, uh, oh, Foster. I don't know if they're all blood or through Foster. Yeah, I think he grew up in the Foster system. That's why he looks. He's been he's been a fucking adult since he was five. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I just googled and it says raised in foster care because of incarcerated parents. Ah. David has fourteen siblings and found himself homeless for a period around age twelve. See, so you had to go and do this and make me like the guy. Um, you now grew up in in the mean streets of San Francisco, apparently. Um, all right, I'm not going to talk bad about him anymore. Yeah, dude, I, I hope he I hope he's good. I'm not going to draft him. I won't. I just won't. I won't. I won't besmirch him anymore. This isn't going to be like the, the Kyron Williams, you know, trope of, you know, whatever it was, 2022, where I kept talking about how he was still running the 40. Um, I'm, I'm going to let Ray Davis, you know, I'm going to let him go. You know, he's a, he's a fine young adult man, you know, got his shit straight and uh, just going to live his dream in the NFL. You know, kudos to him. 5'9", 215. He has a body type I like. I got I to gotta admit. No, shows a little pass catching chops. Uh, that's uh, that's 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 impressive. I see shades of another Ray, um, with this kid's kind of frame and production. So we'll uh, we'll see, we'll see. I do have one fun stat for you, and I have not confirmed it. Someone else told me this, and I'm just blindly parroting it and repeating it. But I got a fun stat for you before we get out of here. Rome Adunze caught. I'll make it a trivia for you. Caught ninety-two balls. <laughs> of those ninety-two receptions, how many did not go for a first down or a touchdown? Oh, one. No, it's like five. Oh, I, I heard that too. I heard it on a different podcast. It was like staggeringly no. I, I don't know. I thought it was one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah eighty-seven yeah. of ninety-two catches were either yeah. first downs or touchdowns. Yeah, we're gonna Ooh. have to talk about Dunze. Did have you watched tape on him? I, I mean, you know the the highlights, all the good shit. Yeah, I mean, I, not <laughs> not a full yeah. breakdown. Yeah, I mean, I've started diving in him a little bit more because, like, everyone's so high on him. Like, our boy Debro and Thor on uh, Dynasty Pros, they're like, dude, their comps are friggin' uh, Julio Jones and Terrell yeah. Owens. And yeah, I'm like, I heard that. whoa. Um, I don't see that at all. Like, like I'm like, what, what are they? What, like, they're not talking body type. I mean, I know he's taller, but his games, I mean, Julio wasn't a physical guy. T.O. was a physical guy. Um, they were both just big speed guys and mm-hmm. i don't see speed in a dunesay i think he's like a tactician like and he's a good contested catch guy he's gotten more productive every year and he had competition with him so i like the player i'm trying not to be out but i'm like holy moly like that's some high praise like comparing him to two hall of famers you know like and i grant it we're not they, i know they're not saying that's what he's going to do in the nfl but i just I, i'm i was trying to see it that's why I went and watched the Dunesay the other day when after I heard them talk about that, I was like, let me let me go check this guy out. Maybe I'm just not giving him the respect he deserves because I was like, he's not in the class with Harrison and Abrams. I still don't think he is, but I watched the tape. I'm like, 
I'm not seeing those two players um, in a Dune Days game. I don't know who I see. I tried hard. I was like, who is this guy? And maybe he's just run with Dune's uh, at the end of the day. But that was like, holy moly, like, I got to go. I got to go watch this dude. Like, he's a, he's a you know, freaking unicorn. If you're talking about, you know, two of the best fantasy football wide receivers, <laughs> you know, to play the game too. I mean, well, and that's a- I remember vaguely liking him more last year going into this season. I think when we were talking to um, Jason from Debbie Watch, I remember him talking him up a year ago, and, and he had a fucking better year. So I don't know why I would have cooled off on him after already coming into the year, going, "Oh, this guy's pretty good." But another guy who didn't get drafted, I actually really like Jalen Polk, and when you start factoring. In what it's going to cost to acquire them, I'm I'm a price in there too. I probably like Polk, where he's going to go in, you know, mid to late third round instead of spending, you know, a top three pick and non super flex <laughs> on the Dunze. Yeah, I, I listen. I'm I'm just I'm down down this rabbit hole now, and this just blew my mind. So this is one of those kind of nuggets. Tio's listed as six three two twenty four, so he's two, twenty four pounds heavier than a Dunze. That's just where it kind of lost me. Julio, not so much different. You know, Terrell Owens' middle name is El Dorado. I knew he had a weird name. I would never, <laughs> in a million guesses, have gone with El Dorado. Oh, but... El Dorado <laughs> and happy. He just turned fifty in December. Congratulations, El Dorado Owens. Uh, that is. Wow, I thought I knew it all. Yeah, that's uh, aged yeah. a bit either. If you've seen him, yeah. really looks like the yeah, same that fucking dude, guy. That dude could still suit up, I believe, and probably outproduce, you know, half of the starting wide receivers in the NFL. Xavier Worthy. <laughs> yeah, listen, he outproduced what friggin' uh, Odell Coleman. Beckham did last year. For uh, he definitely is going to outproduce Keon Coleman. Yeah, so let him run the same exact routes every game. <laughs> Give me To at fifty over. <laughs> Over Keon Colbert right now. Yeah. But yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Johnny. We went big and long here. You know, that's the 40. Big and long. So get it, get it out of here. So I can act like <laughs> so I Matt, do we'll do it time. from us for myself, Jenna Barry, my co-host Matt Walker. We are the Fantasy 40, and we will see you after the combine. We are out of here. Lucas Oil Stadium. All the players are. Ooh. Best weekend of the year. Here I go. Uh, <laughs> what a life. Uh, excuse me, sir. Me can and you that please, poor guy. Yeah, can you please get out of the handicap <laughs> elevator? Pull your pants up and get out of the handicap <laughs> elevator, please. <laughs> he was so close, and then my stupid face showed up. Oh, sir. <laughs> Damn. Damn. He's like, oh. <laughs> and I lost it. <laughs> he lost it all. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, gonna back oh, me up. Fuck. Yeah, you just let me finish, pal. <laughs> you yeah. ruined everything. Yeah, I'm not hurting anyone. Cops, he wouldn't. Yeah. When the cops came, he wouldn't. He kept fucking squirreling around in the ground and they slammed the stupid bump. <laughs> it was so funny. Just because of what he was doing, like the whole contest. That's how his session ended. He's got uh, roughed up into a curb by two fucking cops. Who knows? He might have liked it. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe that's what got him. He was screaming like, I fi- yeah, I finished. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. 
<laughs> a, anyway, that's a whole roundabout way of just pointing out how much New York sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, that, that tells you anything about New York. Yeah. So uh, never go back. No, I, I literally, I can take a train from here to New York in like an hour. I won't do it. Like, it's that easy. I won't. I just, what I if? What Not, if you got free tickets to the Yankees, Phillies, or a fucking... Well, you don't have to go to New York, I guess, but an Eagles game. I mean, yeah, you could get me to go to North Jersey to watch the Eagles beat up on the Giants uh, or the Jets. That, that's that cheating, right? Because you don't have to mate, you don't have to actually get into New York. <laughs> Matt, listen, if you're going to try and hit me with like, oh, I can go watch the Sixers at the Barclays Center, you know, in... Was that in Brooklyn? You know, yeah. Uh, Beat up on Ben Simmons, you know, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I, maybe I force myself into to that one. You know, I don't go know to what Madison I w- Square or stuff like that. I mean, but it would take that level of something for me to be like, I'll consider it. 